everybody get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. And say welcome to Infrastructure Week that actually happened. Yay! Yay! We're going to have us some infrastructure, if I could say it. Got a great show today. Mitch Berliner from Central Farm Markets is going to talk turkey. Uh, on our drinks, uh, drink segment, Megan Coyle is the brand relations manager for the Gallivant Group, and they produce, uh, they distribute uh, Rampur Indian single malt. Uh, single malts are an important emerging category across the global whiskey scene, and unfortunately, we're going to have to try a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, and obviously, it's the uh, run-up to uh, Thanksgiving, and along with Central Farm Markets, the place you want to know about is Dawson's Market. Dawson's is a community-focused market supporting local nonprofits. They host community events. They have amazing, amazing foods there. And they also have a commitment that 10% of their staff will be individuals with disabilities, which is great. And the guy behind that is Bart Yablonski, mm-hmm. who, who, who now owns Dawson's, and they opened a second Dawson's down in uh, DuPont Circle. Yep, yeah, we opened in June. Okay, so, and next, after Bart, we're going to talk to Michael Habtamariam, who is the co-owner of Roaming Rooster, they won the 2021 Rammy for Hottest Sandwich Shop. Uh, they sell fried chicken sandwiches. I think sandwiches. you're not selling that right. No, wait. Excuse me. I'm about they to sell it. They won the Rammy for the hottest wait, chicken. Go what? ahead. God, you're annoying. Uh, okay. And uh, I'm the only person in this room, I believe, who has tried one. <laughs> no, I've had it. Did you have it? Where of did course you have I've it? had it. Cheater. You didn't bring me one, no, but it's good. It's yummy. It is good. Okay. And then we're going to talk to Ronaldo Webb. He founded a company called Pet Plate, and it's direct to consumer and nutritious dog meals. And we're no kibbling around. We're going to talk to him. Oh, Get it? Bada bing. All right. Mitch Berliner. Are you there from Central Farm Markets? I am. Hey, good man. morning, kids. Good How morning. you doing? We're kids. Great. So, Mitch. With all, Deb and I talked last week about like all the disruption that's happening out there and how that affects a farmer market such as Central Farm Market. With Thanksgiving coming up, what are some recommendations you can make to everybody so that like they don't get you know caught without the things they want for the holiday? Well, what you need to do is you need to come down or get on the phone or email to centralfarmmarkets.com. Again, that's centralfarmmarkets.com. Mm-hmm. Order your baked goods. Order your turkeys mm-hmm. or hams or roasts, mm. whatever you want to get. Mm-hmm. Um, we have already sold out of heritage turkeys, but there's plenty of other turkeys. Well, what's and the, also can you explain for, what the difference is between a heritage turkey and an other turkey? Yeah, most, uh, well, it's the same thing as uh, sort of any other breeds of any other species. Mm-hmm. And these turkeys have not been bred over time to just have big fat uh, breasts and, you know, not as uh, full of uh, sort of flavor. The original heritage turkeys really have more flavor. Mm-hmm. They're not huge birds, but they're really delicious. With a slight hint of, um, it tastes more like dark meat, mm. the entire bird. So it's a little gamier. A little gamier, huh? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. And, and we've had them and they're delicious. And this year, Meat Crafters is also going to do a 
fully roasted turkey. So get your orders into meatcrafters.com mm-hmm. and they're throwing in sausages. I don't, don't know who's behind that company, but Meatcrafters is a genius company. <laughs> don't you agree? Oh, bunch of, a bunch of geniuses. Yeah. I don't know about the return on investment, but very <laughs> smart people. Um, I also want to tell you that uh, we still have fantastic full line of stuff. We have raspberries, strawberries, tons of cherry tomatoes, heirloom tomatoes. We've got a lot of people using hoops and greenhouses. So we've got a full array of produce still well, available. I kind of love that raspberries are still available. That's so nice. Yeah. yeah. All, All right. right. Terrific. We've got apples, pears, you name it. All right. So, Do me a favor, Mitch. Thing- we got to wrap up, but I want people to remember okay. they can buy spirits there and beer and cheeses right. and everything. It's great. Tell everybody where the got markets cheese. are. You got it. We got cheese, pickles, you name it, A to Z. And before I tell everybody, I want to shout out to our vets. Uh, my dad landed in Normandy. It's very meaningful meaningful to us. So think about them during this week. Veterans anyway, Day. so okay. please come visit Central Farm Markets. We have three locations. Our Pike is at Pike and Rose every Saturday. We'll be open right through Christmas. And then our two year-round, we have Central Farm Markets in downtown Bethesda, our flagship location on the parking lot of Bethesda Elementary School and on the parking lot of Marshall High School. All right. Corner, Arnova. All right, Bye, All right, Mitch. Care, Mitch. Thank you. Bye. All right, Megan. Step yes. to the microphone. So, so Megan is back. Megan Hello. is back. They were She's here uh, in the summer, mm-hmm. and she was pouring gins. Yes. From uh, that were produced in India, and yes, actually from the same distillery. Okay, so now she's back, and we're we're this going is, on a different exploration altogether. So this Phyllis, is really really smooth. Okay, can you let her talk? Stop talking. No. Yeah. I, um, okay, I so talk. fill us in. Okay. So this is what you have in your hands is a Rampour single malt. This is the double cask expression, which uh, sees some age in ex-bourbon casks as well as Oloroso sherry casks. Mm. It's super smooth, as you said. Um, mm-hmm. It's got this really beautiful like honey note to it, which I think is like works really well with the cider that you have it in. Um, well, let's back up a sure. little bit. Let's talk about what you're pouring yes, in general and why they're – I don't think most people think about whiskey being made – in India, just like we talked about, Jim being something there. did come out of the British Empire that was good, right? <laughs> okay, I think you said that last time. So, yes. uh, tell us a little bit about the distillery. Sure, uh, this distillery, the Rampur Distillery, it actually there's only a handful of Indian uh, whiskey distillers that are making true single malt, and they are one of them. They are actually the only one that strives to use only Indian ingredients. They don't import peat or grains from elsewhere. They use only, um, I believe it's two row barley from Rajasthan. And it is, it's interesting because a couple of the other handful do sort of, will import things like peat in order to sort of mimic the the flavors of scotches. Mm -hmm. Whereas Rampur really proudly um, just displays the the Indian flavor. Why don't you explain what a single malt is? Because there may be some folks who don't know what it is. Sure. Uh, Single malt whiskey is, uh, it's 100% barley, malted barley. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's pretty much the base. Uh, in Scotland, they are often, you know, peated, smoky, very rich, sometimes right. iodiny. Whereas from India, they tend to exhibit much brighter 
tropical f- fruit flavor profiles. Hmm. So it's it's a little it's a little jarring for people who are used to the European flavor profile. Well, but the Scottish whiskeys, I mean, you know, they're good, but they, you know, it's more of a hit on your throat. Oh, this for sure. Very <laughs> no, they're 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 different. Their complexities are completely yeah. different. Same thing with like Japanese whiskeys. Absolutely, right? Like absolutely, everything has to do with the terroir. Mm-hmm. No different than no, wine. I'm not a big mm-hmm. whiskey drinker. I could drink this. Uh-huh. Yeah, nice. it's yeah. really nice to drink, um, and it's interesting too because because as you said, as I mentioned earlier, the, like the the importance of it in, in the emerging category of global single malts uh-huh. is cool because people are learning to accept flavor profiles that are not the flavor profiles that they were taught to accept. As in, it's just Scotch, it's just Irish, it's just American. Well, don't you think that really lends itself to the fact that people have recognized that there are products that are that have their own global history, right? Mm-hmm. So the history of whiskey, for whatever reason, in India has its own story to tell, mm-hmm. and therefore that's reflected in the drink. Yeah. So you don't always have to have the same experience with a spirit. There's 100%. so much more out there. Yeah. Right? And it doesn't, exactly. Like, it, it, the story of a spirit as a category isn't really meant to be tailored to fit into a pigeonhole. You know, it's meant to, it, they, there are individualized stories for every Every whiskey drinker, every whiskey producing country, every mm-hmm. ritual with with which you would enjoy whiskey. I mean, it's, it's. I think it's becoming a lot more inclusive in a way that it wasn't before. It was sort of like an old boys club, you know, very, very exclusionary and, and very specific and like age statements and you know, like right? If Who you're drinks from whiskey? Side, you're right. This. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And no, like I cigars, totally get that. And now it's it's much more. I think it, it has a much broader appeal. Well, actually, I think for a long time, most. I mean, men would think that women did not like brown liquor in general. Yes. You know, there was a lot of um, misogyny when it mm-hmm. came to spirits, which is so weird because don't you want everybody to put your cash down to drink your <laughs> drinks? Yes. Okay, so you gave us an interesting mix. You want us to eat Concord grapes <laughs> with uh, apple cider yep. and your single malt whiskey. Yep, the Rampour double cask. Like, yes, double I think cask, sorry. Personally, there's just the, the combination of Concord grape and cider to me there's just nothing more autumnal. It's just a, they complement each other beautifully. The acid from the she said grapes. autumnal. She did. I did. Um, My favorite word. It no, is one great. of his favorite words. But and like and honestly, the <laughs> the complement of the whiskey to the cider to the grapes, it gives it this sort of like tropical honeyed note. So mm. all all the different interweaving flavors right. just sort of blossom. All right, well, we'll, we'll gonna, be back with you. Sure. Bart, stay sober long enough to. <laughs> Bart. <laughs> We're going to talk to our buddy. Is it? This must be the 48th time you've been on the show. I think, I think so. Been on a um, but um, look at how he's grown. I know. And with Very the restaurant. Exciting. Uh, you don't get a jacket anymore. We're giving out Foodie and the Beast uh, uh, Speedos. <laughs> really hot. Um, so, Dawson's. I yes. Mean, you've got your second market. You've got Thanksgiving coming. You're going to be blowing out in both places. Talk a little. Let's start off with kind of the history of Dawson's. And your involvement, and really the commitment to the community and to the disabled, which I think is great. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, um, yeah. So Dawson's opened in 2012 in Rockville, Maryland, and at the point at that point, I was the general manager for the store. I had basically come up in connection with a store in Richmond, and so our focus um, from that point um, and, and all the way through to today has been a, no, a local store uh, focused on natural, healthy products. So. Um, we have over 75 local vendors that we support within 100 miles of our store. Um, we have a really long list of standards that we follow for the ingredients that we have in our store. Um, so everything's clean, um, no artificial colors, sweeteners, no bleached flowers, bromated um, flowers, no high fructose corn syrup, uh, and 99% of what we carry, and there's a small exception to that. 
Um, and then we also have a really strong commitment to the community, and that's something that I've really focused on. And so I've owned the store since 2018 in Rockville. And then, as you mentioned, uh, mid-pandemic, I decided, hey, let's do another one. So we um, acquired a store in D.C. Glenn's uh, in Garden June. Market, Correct. which had a huge following. Yeah, absolutely. And, and your commitment is very similar to Glenn's. Absolutely. So Danielle uh, Vogel, who's the mm-hmm. owner of that, we've actually knew each other before we had the stores um, and have basically kind of had that professional networking um, relationship. And she was looking to move on to do some other things. And it was just, a, it made a natural transition for us. We already represented about 80% of the vendors between the two stores. Um, so it was a really smooth transition for us. And as you said, um, very similar mission focused on local products, focused on the environment. Sounds like Pac-Man. Well, so <laughs> let me ask a question. We have to take a break in two minutes, but how is it that you, like the local grocery store, I mean, how do you do that today when everything is big box stores, right? Uh, yeah, how I mean, do it's, you it's challenging. Eat? I mean, I think the COVID was, you know, the silver lining in COVID, you know, was definitely grocery stores. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and for us, I think the independent stores in a lot of respects benefited even greater because we were in stock. We did not run out of flour. We did not run out of toilet paper. I think we may have been out of yeast for a day or two. But, yeah, there was a real um, run on yeast. Right? Yeah, but we have, um, <laughs> we were able to, we were very nimble and we were able to adapt quickly. And so we got a lot of customers from that, um, people that were shopping at Giant Safeway and Whole Foods and couldn't find things. And so they came to us and then they stayed with us. Uh, so that was a benefit. So I think, you know, our uh, COVID has really shown the importance of independent local stores. I think right. there's also the intimacy of what, like, remember Magruder's? I grew up uh, just below Chevy Chase Circle. Magruder's used to be that kind of place. It's not anymore. It's mostly booze and, you know, other stuff. But to go in there and, like, people recognize you and, you know, it's more of, like, your hometown. Absolutely. I mean, we try to be the neighborhood store. And the other advantage that we have being a small store is that we can take customers' requests and react very quickly to those. Mm. So a customer wants something you know, if it's available to us, we'll get it. If it's not available, we'll try to get it and fi- or find an alternative. But we can uh, move and change much faster than a larger national chain can. And that's okay. a benefit. It is a benefit. And I can say from having been to Dawson's, what I do love before we take our break is that I don't know if you have people giving tastings now. But we do. We're you really up. feature local craft artisans and they come in and they showcase their items. And I'm always... I'm always so impressed by that because really the only way people learn about new products is by trying them. Absolutely. And right. it's so right. important. And, and it's important to meet the maker, meet meet the people that make our food. Right. Because we've it's, lost touch with that. Absolutely. All right. We're going to take a quick break. This is David and Nikki Nellis. It's Foodie and the Beast. We're going shopping. We'll be back in a sec. All right. We're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis talking to our old buddy Bart Yablonski from Dawson's Market. One of the things that they do is support a lot of community groups. Um, uh, I mean, really get behind them. And Bart has just pledged a quarter of a million dollars for me to take my band, 70-year-old <laughs> forgetful seniors, on the road. Right, Bart? Absolutely. Okay, absolutely. cool. Thank you very much. You are generous The good news is, is that they're forgetful, so right. they won't remember. Forgetful about, <laughs> they won't remember wait, wait. this conversation. Hold it. Forgetful about what? <laughs> All right. So talk about that a little. Yeah, so um, you know, one of our big distinctions is our commitment to the community. So we have, in, in the Rockville location, we have a re- really large um, space that we um, make available for communities. And obviously during COVID, we weren't really able to do that, but we're coming out of that now, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in D.C., the new location we have, um, we also have a smaller space, but we have a patio outside. And we've already been hosting a number of events out there for local organizations. Um, and so that's a really big part of what we do. 
Uh, we also have a commitment that 10% of our staff are people that tend to have difficulty finding positions, and that's usually for excuse me, a developmental disability, um, maybe a physical disability, and that's a big part of what we do. Um, we also have a relationship um, with Main Street uh, in Rockville. We have a cafe called the Soulful Cafe, mm-hmm. uh, which is just a couple blocks from the Dawson's location where it's a coffee shop, and that building is dedicated to um, individuals, adults with disabilities, and so it's another part of our extension of our commitment to the community. Well, I think that is, um, it's so important you know, about mainstreaming people and having them be a part of our lives. Absolutely. It's 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 so it's one of the most fulfilling things for me is to be able to give, you know, these individuals a place to work where they can feel like they're contributing to society. Mm-hmm. Um, they get to interact with our coworkers who love working with them, you know, and the customers certainly love to see that as well. Well, and not only that, they get to make a living. Absolutely. Which is and also, support themselves. Right, right. And support themselves, which is really, really, really important. I mean, the the one of the things that I think happened in COVID was hearing the issues for those who suffer from disabilities and, and that they didn't feel that they were getting a lot of fairness out absolutely, there. Absolutely, absolutely. And and one of the things, we, we work with SEEK um, as one of the organizations that we work with who supports uh, these individuals. And, you know, hiring is impossible right now um, for everybody, and um, except if you're looking to, to hire somebody with a disability because mm-hmm. they are looking for positions and they are the most reliable people. Um, so it's there. There's another silver lining there. Um, mm-hmm. Is that uh, we've we discovered that over through course of COVID. Okay, so now you always bring in treats and tastes from a bunch of new people, and you brought in a whole bunch today. Oh, now we're getting yeah. my favorite part. Right, of David's favorite part. So what right. did you bring so, in today? Yeah, so I just brought in a couple things that are new and have some stories behind them. So. Um, I brought in um, Georgian Feast, and she's actually in Rockville right now doing a demo. So, okay. Maya, hello. Do you eat these um, together or individually? Individually. Okay. So, well, so um, this is like at Supra. These are all the snacks that they put out. They're yeah. delicious. This one's my favorite. I've and got Georgia on my mind. It's okay, an stop. interesting story because we do work with these individuals that are trying to come up with new ideas mm-hmm. and trying to get into the market. So we brought a number of people to market in the natural in the uh, artisan food uh, area. So she actually started talking to us, I want to say, two years ago. Mm. Um, and so and her product's just been in the store maybe in the last six months. Um, just so we got started and kind of gave her some su- suggestions and direction so she could get into retail. All right, tell me um, about these bars. So the bars. So the Berg Bar um, is a new energy bar. Uh, it's local product as well. They're really good. There's a peanut butter and jelly one there. I which know. I um, so they're delicious. Um, we have those in both locations as well. Um, <clears throat> a little small, um, you know, energy bar, a lot of protein. Um, just a good snack. Yep. Amazing. <clears throat> Not a lot of carbs, 19 carbs. Okay. And then I've got um, a really interesting uh, spice of life. These are um, Persian foods. And mm. if you know anything about Persian cooking, it takes a long time to it cook does. something. So um, these are sauces. There's an eggplant tomato sauce and a fresh herb and bean sauce. So they the time has already been done. Uh, all you have to do is open the jar. They're delicious. And uh, this is an example of kind of the merging between our two stores because we were able to, when we, we took over the DuPont location, there were some vendors there that were in Rockville or not in Rockville and vice versa. And, and this is one of the ones that she was in Rockville and now she's in DuPont as well. So um, we also try to support women um, started businesses. And so um, that is one, both both of those first two are women-owned businesses. So we're Okay, about- great. So listen, we have to wrap up shortly, but I know you have huge holiday menu offers. Absolutely, yeah. So, so let's just get into it. Yeah, so go to dawsonsmarket.com mm-hmm. uh, for our holiday menus. So we have, uh, it's one menu that is going to encompass Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, uh, Christmas, and New Year's holidays, and any other holiday you ce- celebrate uh, in November, December. Um, so if you go to DawsonsMarket.com, you can order online there. Um, we've got 
Uh, we have our raw turkeys, obviously, but we also have um, fully cooked um, turkey breast. We do a turkey plate. We do all the plate filling sides. We do mm-hmm. great mashed potatoes, great sweet potatoes, uh, vegan stuffing as well. Um, we've got some awesome soups on there. Uh, we have a vegan butternut squash soup, which is one of our really popular items, okay. and then all the sweets to go with it. And then I just want to say, for those who celebrate Hanukkah, it starts the next day. It's Yeah, it's that Sunday. Right. So, yeah, it's right on top of it. I was actually just— Which sucks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my so God. I, I would, we actually we do the Hanukkah tree lighting minute, in Rockville. I hate are, when Hanukkah is our early. Our kids get plenty. They don't need— it's not that. No. It's just Are early, and then nobody understands. So then when Christmas comes and you say Merry Christmas to somebody, they're like, Happy Hanukkah. Yeah, and I'm like, no, no, right. no, no. Hanukkah no, it's all was- together because the Christmas tree lighting, the Hanukkah menorah lighting are all on top of each other as well. But I was just talking to the rabbi about the menorah lighting in Rockville Town Square, and I was saying that I think we're going to get a lot of people ordering brisket for Thanksgiving. Oh, and I sure. think we're going to get a lot of people ordering turkey for Hanukkah. That's contributing to the delinquency <laughs> of a menorah. You know that, don't you? All right, Bart, tell everybody where they can find you online and on Instagram, So uh, DawsonsMarket.com on all the social medias, DawsonsMarket.com for our menu. We are in Rockville Town Square and now in DuPont Circle, 20th and S Street. Excellent. All right. All right. So, Megan. So, Megan, I got a question for you. Yes. In your notes, you said the uh, the – Unique climate in Uttar Pradesh, if I'm saying that mm-hmm. right, in the foothills of the Himalayas, is perfect for you know challenging and maturing you know the ingredients. But uh, Rampur's deep tropicality makes it. I mean, the foothills of I don't know where. What is deeply tropical about the foothills of the Himalayas? So that's a super good question. And thank what- you. <laughs> I, I appreciate. It. I like you best. Thanks. What actually ends up happening is because of the extreme temperature fluctuations throughout the year, much more extreme than, say, in most European Except countries. Except in the studio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, the, the whiskey is able to interact with the barrel a lot more. Hmm. So it not only does it pull out— um, Because it's hotter? Because mm-hmm, So the, as, as, it, as it is hot and then cold and then hot and then cold, the liquid expands and contracts sure. and like pushes itself in and then back out. So it's able to pull out some more of those wood sugars mm. and um, really express the like the fruit profiles of the grain actually, okay. which is kind of interesting. That is interesting, um, and it's it's fascinating because the the aging process there, because of this expansion and contraction that happens so frequently, happens much faster than it would in other places. Like one year in their rickhouse in Uttar Pradesh is similar to say three or four years in America or in Europe. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Now, what about the char level on those barrels? Is that important to the finished product? Char levels are important to any finished product. Um, mm-hmm. These, I, I will admit to a little bit of ignorance on this one. I'm not sure if they fully rechar the barrels. I'm not sure how, what their toast level is. Okay. That said, they do obviously use first uh, single-use bourbon barrels because mm-hmm. that's just industry standard. Sure. Um, but the. Generally, the deeper the char, the more you would get of sort of that um, smoky, smoky wood tannin kind of thing, which I don't than taste in sugar. this. Yeah, right. And it's really interesting too because the again with the the maturation process and the and the environment, the angels share, which is sort of the evaporation levels, mm. are sky high. Like there's some very happy angels. So are we just there. drinking this straight? That is it, just straight. It's pretty smooth. It's I really mean, good. I'm not yeah. a huge whiskey drinker because yeah. I don't like the burn but this is great. It's yeah, got it's really lovely. To me it's got a lot of like brown sugar, butterscotch, mm-hmm. a lot of pineapple. Yeah, but without being sweet, right? Mm-hmm. Like I sometimes I find those descriptors to be uh 
it sort of like screws with your mind because you're expecting something really sweet and sugary, and that's obviously not the case here. But this is lovely. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, I on keep that hearing note. someone say to me, "Do you know how fast you were going, Mr. Nelly?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, let's get into chicken sandwiches. Yes. All right. All right. Uh, I, I got it. I, I got it. So, Michael. Hob Tamariam is the co-owner of Roaming Rooster. They're the winner of the 21, 2021 Ramay. I know, but for can we... say, Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Michael, the, the story, I heard the story, and yes, I have to admit, I tasted the sandwich, all of it. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Thank you. It's a great story. So why don't you take us from the start, you know, how you guys got into Because you the... guys were doing chicken sandwiches before, like, everybody else. They like, were in Canada doing I know, stuff. but that's my point. Like, you guys were putting out this product way before like chains we will not name you know started doing them so you know you were so cutting edge so let's hear your backstory and then how we how you created roaming rooster yes so uh we started roaming rooster as a food truck Mm -hmm. 2015 uh before that you know we were in the food truck scene we had uh uh, in in canada or here in dc here here, Mm. yeah we had a falafel trucks called BC Ballers. Mm-hmm. We used to do falafel, hummus, and fries. Mm-hmm. And where we were on the street, you know, we realized that there was not a good fried chicken around. Mm. Uh, and so we wanted to do a fried chicken Be- in, the in, the, in the food truck. In the food truck. But do you think it was because doing fried chicken in a food truck would be tough? To no. exe- I mean, clearly you answered the question. It wasn't that tough, but was, was that the problem, do you think? No, because, you know, there was a lot of trucks, and they do f- uh, fried chicken, but it wasn't uh, that great. So it wasn't good. It wasn't, yeah. <laughs> well, but not only that, yeah. remember, because it's what you wrap around the, the chicken, the honey and the biscuits yeah. and all yeah. that. Yeah. Well, wait, we're not there yet. I know, but I mean, it's it's the whole Product. So you guys decided that you wanted to do the product, but how did you decide what you wanted to ultimately serve? Uh, we wanted to serve good, like something that we eat, uh, like free-range fried chicken sandwiches. Mm-hmm. So we we started experimenting for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Well, we had our uh, the falafel truck, and uh, you know we always uh, every time we have like you know family celebration. We we'll always serve them fried chicken so they can taste the chicken and, you know, get, try to get it. I wish know, it was a member feedback. of your family. What, um, why was free range so important to you? I mean, I applaud that, but why was that so important to you? Uh, so always, like, we want to sell something that we eat. We eat, uh, we, we always eat free range chicken at home. So mm-hmm. that's what we wanted to sell. Mm-hmm. We wanted to sell something while we eat. But you've made it a part of your message, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. it's in your, it's in the name, Roaming yeah. Rooster. Yeah, Roaming Rooster, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're um, also a food, we started as a food truck, so we're roaming in the street. Oh, right. That's where the other name come from. Sure, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Um, so as you guys were uh, getting ready to launch, yeah. how, many, how many initial sandwiches did you have and how has that grown? Well, we had a lot of <laughs> sandwiches where we tried a lot of different uh, kind of sandwiches mm-hmm. and we got the right recipe uh, thanks to my brother Tamarim. he's the one that actually came up with a, a really good recipe mm-hmm. so we came out on the street and uh, first day we sold out so we knew that there was something with this chicken. and when you came out with it on the first day that was purely social media right like you just said hey we have 
fried chicken sandwiches today? No, no, we just hit the street with the truck. Oh my god! So and we and sold at that out. point, were you doing any sauces on them or anything like that, or is just so fried we, chicken sandwiches? Yeah, we had the, you know our, our our OG fried chicken sandwich, mm-hmm. just uh, fried chicken and vinaigrette coleslaw, mm. and we had the buffalo sandwich with the blue cheese and buffalo sauce, mm-hmm. and we had the honey butter. That's the one you just tried, Dave. Yeah. yeah, I said, I'm supposed to be on a diet. Don't tell her. Thanks, Michael. Yeah. He's Get supposed out. to be intermittent it's, fasting, it's time, and he cannot do it's it. It's time for you to leave now, Michael. You've done enough damage. All right, Michael. No, wait, wait, wait. No, quick, we have to take a break. I don't want to. I know, but we're going to. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll find out how you went from food trucks to brick and mortars, because that's a huge step, and now your expansion, you're taking over the world. Right. Uh, this is David and Nikki Nellis. It's Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. And we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis talking to Michael Hobtamarium, who is the co-owner of Roaming Rooster. And Michael, to go from a food truck to to brick and mortar to what you're planning, you're going to be opening six more stores. What do you uh, have now? This year and next we year. We got- just opened uh, our fifth location uh, this weekend, basically. Right. It's actually open right now. It's in uh, Tyson's Corner. Where? Is it soft open or is it really soft open? Up, soft soft open. Open. Is it in the mall? No, no. but uh, by the Walmart at fifteen hundred corner side boulevard. Oh sure, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. And then you've got in Northern Virginia alone, you've got oh no, you got one in Bethesda, yeah. but and Gaithersburg too. But you're opening six more by sometime next year. That's crazy. The, yeah, that's the plan. Today, Washington, so when, tomorrow. So, okay, the world. so when you decided to go brick and mortar. What made you decide to do that? Did you, was, I mean, between, were people like wanting you to cater? Like, what was it that helped push your growth? <laughs> so, it's funny. Uh, we didn't even plan to open a brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. Our plan was, you know, to grow the food trucks, open more trucks. So, we started with one truck. Mm-hmm. So we had four trucks. And we didn't have uh, a place to park all the trucks. So, most of the trucks we parked it. Uh, my brother, my brother and my sister lost house, mm-hmm. and so there was a new neighbor that just moved in to her, that neighborhood, and uh, she, it, she she didn't like the truck. No, she didn't like the truck park, <laughs> parking there. So she called the city on us. No chicken so. for you. Oh, no chicken for her. <laughs> right. So we had the, you know, the city came and they told us we can't park our trucks over here. Mm. So uh, we had to look for a place. Where we can park the trucks. Sure. So we got this place at the Northeast, 3176 Bladensburg Road. That's mm-hmm. our first brick and mortar. So we were using that spot for almost two years as a, just a depot. Mm. So we had four Roman Rooster trucks coming out from there, uh, two pizza trucks called uh, Rolling Pizza that comes out from there. So finally, the landlord, they, they said, hey, you guys have to open the brick and mortar. Like, you know, you have to open the storefront. Because it sounds like you were using it more as a commissary. Yes, we were using right? it just a commissary. Mm-hmm. So then we open up the... Because I know when it opened in Henleytown, yeah. that it was insane. Like, there were lines outside. Yes. People yes. were... That had to feel good, <laughs> right? Yes, yes definitely, definitely. I mean, you have such a great following. It's yeah. very um, yeah. exciting. All right, but I want to get to before we let Michael out of here. Yes, mm-hmm. you, you you started a breakfast menu recently, and yes. uh, the biscuit, the what, the one I I only tasted it. I didn't eat the whole thing, right, Michael? <laughs> I love you, Michael. You're my best friend. But anyways, the biscuit was outstanding. Thank you. 
And the, I mean, everything about it was the honey. And is that does, all your brother? Is your brother the Yeah, the yeah. Cook? My brother, yeah, he's the cook. Uh, my sister-in-law. So what do you do? You just count the money? No, my sister-in-law. She counts. She counts the money. Yeah, she does. I'd be all good, really good business. friends with your sister-in-law. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but I mean, is the honey from someplace special? Yeah. No, we no, just, just created it. Just yeah. honey. Yeah. And so now, how many how many sandwiches do you offer? And what's your and the, you have breakfast sandwiches, and now you have chicken sandwiches. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So how many are we offering? So we have. I believe we have about five breakfast sandwich mm-hmm. and five lunch sandwiches. And are the breakfast sandwiches at all locations? No, only at 3176 Bladesburg location, the original location. Okay, interesting. Are you going to expand on the breakfast program? Yes, yes, that's the plan. Because yeah. I have to be honest, D.C. is short on breakfast options. There's yeah. no egg slut here. Like, we don't have, yeah. do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, I know Scott Juneau is doing I Egg You, but he's only doing it on the weekends mm-hmm. up on Capitol Hill. Yes. But there's not a lot of, like, fast, yummy egg sandwiches in the D.C. market. Well, Bart is raising his eyebrows. <laughs> no. I think McDonald's would. You know. uh, well, listen, we are um, thrilled to have you in. Thank you did you. bring one other thing. Do you want to tell us what that is? What's in the cup? Uh, oh, Poppers. Uh, potato tots. Yeah, baby. Yeah. They're just tater tots? Yeah. yeah. Right. What made you guys decide to do tater tots? Uh, I mean, it goes with the breakfast sandwiches wait, wait. we have. So. Oh, like hash yeah. browns. Yeah. So yeah. smart. Yeah. Um, so now, are your trucks still roaming? Yes. Yeah, we have two trucks. Uh, usually we do uh, catering and uh, private events with those Great. at the moment. Yeah. Excellent. And they tell- are opening a new retail mall that's going under construction shortly in Kensington, Maryland, on Connecticut Avenue. Yeah, Pike Look Rose. at that. No, not Pike and Connecticut Avenue, Kensington, Maryland. They're tearing down an old gas station okay. and okay, putting it in a retail Okay, we can do that off air. Okay. okay. Hey, thank you for joining us. Will you no please problem. tell everybody where they can find you online and on Instagram? Online, uh, you can find us at RomyRoosterDC.com uh, and social media, RomyRooster1. Excellent. Thank you for joining us. Thank, thank you for you. bringing in all this great food. No and um, we're so excited for you and your family because it's an incredible offering. Okay, we are going to take a hard right and talk about something completely different. Yeah, but close to my heart. Yes. Uh, Ronaldo, are you there? There he is. Hi. Hello. Hey, Ronaldo. Hi. So, nice so, to meet you all. Thank you all for having me. We are so happy nice to, to have, have you. you. <laughs> Once you hear our story, you'll be happy to have us, too. So, <laughs> Ronaldo Webb is the founder of Pet Plate. It's a direct-to-consumer brand that delivers fresh-cooked, good and hearty, healthy meals for dogs. Uh, they've got a great success story, and I'm going to let Ronaldo tell it. Um, but why don't we start off with your background and how you how you got to Pet Plate in the first place? Yeah, of course. So right after college, I was a consultant and doing some private equity work. And just by happenstance, I was the lucky guy that got staffed at a bunch of pet food factories. So mm. here I am traveling to middle of nowhere, um, you know, in between these cornfields and, you know, <laughs> working in these factories did you, seeing did you all the ingredients go into what was supposed to be very premium kibble or you know high-end food just realize it was nothing but that so you felt you were barking I, up the wrong tree is that right yeah. he has been holding that in <laughs> that, the entire we'll, time we'll, we'll, we'll get into a more, many more dog puns as okay, we go through good. the rest of the interview good uh but you know i also had a dog who had a very sensitive stomach who uh kind of i heard a little bit about uh, you know your stories i'm sure we'll get into uh, shortly, who was, you know, struggling. And, you know, I was able to put two and two together, as I'm sure many people have been able to do for their own health journeys. And mm-hmm. 
I started working with the veterinary nutritionist to make his food. And, you know, one day the light bulb just went off. You know, people love their dogs. People love their pets. Uh, they want the best for them. And they're becoming a more integral part of our relationships and our family. So why not feed them more premium healthy food that will probably lead to better health outcomes. I spent a lot of time at the vet and, you know, if changing of the diet could help that, why not make that switch? So, you know, we were able to do that, his health improved. And that was the kind of the, you know, starting impetus for Pet Plate. And then, you know, quit the comfy private equity job and started biking around New York City delivering dog food uh, <laughs> back in 2016. Wow. And yes, yeah, then we've been able to scale uh, launch additional new products, grow the team, and it's just been a fun journey ever since. Well, let's talk about the product and, mm -hmm. and what it is, because I yep. think, you know, you obviously starting in 2016, we're on the cusp of a lot of new products out there and people, yep. you know, listen, our pets are our family. We love them like our children. Our two and a half year old Newfie could be a three year old yep. child. Like she's such a toddler. <laughs> she's so annoying. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, we love her. Jeez, <laughs> you know, or Cooper here, he, uh, we had to take him, I had to ask my fiance to take him on a walk because he would literally be Bark, barking yes. and jumping in front of the, the <laughs> interview and Zoom camera right now. Which I totally, completely You're understand. You're burning time here, Nick. Yes. Come on, Okay, man. so my question <laughs> is, is that how did you create the recipes that you created given like what's happening out there and what are you offering that's so, such a good nutrition base for pets? So we work with a veterinary nutritionist, Dr. Nick Streeter. She's one of, I think, a hundred boarded veterinary nutritionists um, out of out of uh, um, Cornell. And, you know, she formulates all of our meals. She does all of our testing and verifies that everything is nutritionally balanced for, for dogs. And I think the interesting thing we do at Pet Plate is we make effectively human food that is balanced nutritionally for dogs. We only make our food in USDA kitchens. Uh, we only use human grade ingredients. We're one of the few companies I can truly say that, you know, we use a human food supply chain throughout the entire process. So what's and in it? That's the question. Yeah. So, um, you know, USDA meats, hearty fruits and vegetables. Um, you know, we have a proprietary supplement mix that we designed to ensure everything's complete and balanced. We have six meals, everything from uh, beef, uh, chicken, turkey, lamb, and we're now launching a venison and a pork dish mm. that have kind of some therapeutic benefits for pets. Well, so I'm gonna, really just, I want to jump in and quickly tell you our end, <clears throat> pardon yeah. me, of the story because it, it dovetails nicely with you. We have two mm. dogs. One of them is a 10-year-old great peer Bernese mix named Lucy mm. who had cancer. And yep. she had cancer surgery in June. And I said, what's her prognosis? And the doctor said, well, if we do chemo, she'll live six months. Uh, and if we don't do chemo, she'll live three months. And I was like, well, that sounds like a lot of fun. So for we did not do chemo. We didn't do chemo. And I turned to naturopathy, which is working right. But I changed her diet completely. Mm -hmm. And now she eats USDA prime meat. And she has yep. a, a special mix of food, broccoli and that kind of stuff. She's cancer free. And she's yep. frisky for an old chick. So so <laughs> I'm with you. Um one of the questions people ask is, number one, how quickly can you deliver and how fresh is the food when you do deliver and what does mm -hmm. it cost? Yeah, no, of course. So, you know, we're a, now we're a direct consumer business. So luckily I'm not biking around New York City delivering <laughs> food anymore out of a commercial kitchen. <laughs> but if you order on our website, uh, generally you get a box the next week or that week. So mm -hmm. since everything is, you know, fresh cooked, 
flash frozen. We we house it in our you so know, we can keep it in the freezer. Is that how yep, it works? So we just the, keep you, everything you in keep the freezer. About um, some in the freezer, but if you have a week's worth of food, you can just keep that in your refrigerator. The great thing about what we do is it's not just food. We actually marry it with a personalization algorithm, like off of you know the you know the hundreds of thousands of pets we served over the past couple of years. We've been able to figure out exactly how many calories and what meals go best for your dog based on their breed, activity level, body condition, allergies, and ailments. So mm-hmm. once you go through the flow on our website, we make a recommendation for your meal plan, and then you know it's really easy to get a box shipped directly to your door. And then do you guys, so there was always this sort of like myth out there that you shouldn't change your dog's food, that, you know, Mm -hmm. their stomachs can't handle it. But is that still true? Like, are we supposed to give our dogs, you know, beef one week, duck next? Like, where, where do you guys stand on that? Rotational diets are actually very good, um, just because it, you know, just like people, you know, you can, go, you can go pretty long by not having a multivitamin just because you're eating a nice mix of things. Same mm-hmm. things would go for dogs, right? It's a lot of this stuff in terms of preconceived notions we have, such as like kibble cleaned your dog's teeth is really just like marketing that has been funneled through veterinarians that has then got into the end pet parents. So mm. actually, that's why we've launched a variety of different meals, because we believe every dog is unique and will do better on different mixes and different types of uh, meals. And it's just not fun to think about eating also like the same meal for, you know, 10, 15 plus years of your life. Right? Well, listen, we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, you actually brought up a really good point about sort of the myth of kibble. Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of people who sort of struggle to give their dogs fresh food, they don't know if they need the – like, you know, we're not all vets, so we all don't know yeah. how it works. All right, so please hold for a second. We'll be back in just a sec. This is David and Nikki Nellis. Uh, there's drinking in studio. I don't know what's going on over there, but we'll be back in just a second. <laughs> all right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to Ronaldo Webb, who is the founder, the entrepreneur, the innovator of mm-hmm. Pet Plate. Yeah. Um, Ronaldo, let's talk about kibble because the, the, uh, one of your competitors has a commercial on TV now that, that shows kibble being sprayed with, with quote-unquote nutrients before it's dried and packaged and all that. I mean, is kibble just out? Is there anything that's good for dogs in that regard? You, you know, and, and I don't want to necessarily... Oh, yes, you do. Demonize kibble. In, in the social, but yeah, I mean, you know, they have to spray dry it literally with, you know, horrible things just to get dogs to kind of eat it. The temperatures that kibble gets cooked to 500 plus degrees. You know, when I was on the factory floor, you couldn't get next to the actual equipment when it was running just because it was just insanely so hot. hot yeah. Right. Uh-huh. The, the nutrient quality and uh, is just like we do a lot of digestibility studies at that plate and most dogs are only absorbing 60% of the, you know, nutrients that's actually in kibble, which, you know, leads to, you know. Well, is kibble making them sick? Health outcomes. Is, and kibble the causing, are, is kibble causing cancer? I mean, is kibble. I, I, I think when you look at dogs and the prevalence of cancer within them, it's much higher than it is for any other type of mammal. And mm. none of the ingredients that go into kibble are, you know, certified USDA. They're all classified as not fit for human consumption. Right. Like the actual ingredients they use could never be used in any food that you or I eat, hmm. which is why dog huh. food is labeled like do not eat it. So I do think that there's some pretty nasty things there. They found, uh, you know, euthanasia drugs in dog food that oh happens God. pretty commonly. So my guess is that there's something there that's right. not kind of jiving right with their bodies. And 
in general, we found even in people, you know, eating processed food just isn't going to lead to great health outcomes, whether it is cancer, diabetes, et cetera. All right. So let's, uh, we got to get to the nitty gritty here. What does it cost? Both of our dogs yep. weigh about 130 pounds. So to <laughs> yeah. feed them twice a day and do dogs need to eat twice a day, but we, we feed them twice a day uh, to do that. Um, would What's that going to cost? Yeah, so you know, for a hundred and thirty-pound dog, I will say it's going to be far more expensive than what I find the average dog sure. in the U.S. would cost. But pet plate in general, um, you know, for a dog that's you know twenty-five to about you know forty, fifty pounds, is mm-hmm. going to cost you five to six dollars a day. So whatever your morning coffee is going to cost you. Mm-hmm. Now, when you start talking about the you know the Great Pyrenees and the hundred thirty-pound dogs, Listen, the world, it's a little bit more expensive. Obviously, it's more expensive. It's more expensive but, for us to feed those dogs no matter what, now, right? Exactly. Yeah. So we end up in general being about two to three times as expensive as like a premium kibble, about one and a half times as expensive as like a wet food if you're feeding that to your dog. But it sounds like you're feeding your dogs raw, which means we're probably cheaper actually than what sure. you're feeding them now. So would the average consumer want to want to buy pet plate and then mm-hmm. mix it with something else or just serve pet plate, whatever the portion is, and that's it? We have a toppers plan on our website that you're able to select. So let's just say you're curious about fresh food. You want to see how your dog acclimates to it and you want to start that journey. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to do that. And that's typically about a quarter of the price for pet plate. So mm-hmm. let's say you're, if you were spending for a 25 pound dog, a hundred bucks a month, you know, your toppers plan is going to be around 50 to $60 a month. Okay. Yeah. And then you mentioned earlier that um, based on the dog's health or breed or whatever you sort of uh, created food for them. Are -hmm. you using things like turmeric or things like that to sort of help dogs, maybe senior dogs or dogs with issues? Do you sort of employ any of that? Well, we actually have um, USD organic supplements and treats that have a lot of those ingredients Mm -hmm. that, and that's kind of where we actually go through and do those recommendations. So for example, we have mobility cookies that have glucosamine and chondroitin, and it's a delicious mixed berry cookie. We -hmm. also have a probiotic cookie for dogs with sensitive stomachs. Um, And again, since we work with human food manufacturers, all of our treats and supplements are USD organic. which I think is pretty novel in the pet space. I don't think there are more than probably a handful of other companies doing something like that. Well, I feel like you're really ahead of the game on this, and more and more people are realizing that, you know, as we take care of ourselves, we already know about processed food, and we know what we should be eating and how to eat it, that the same goes for the animals that we love as well. It's not that big of a a leap to make, right? Right, exactly. (laughs) If you beg us, Nikki will send you pictures of the dogs. (laughs) Yeah. Or even if you just wink, because <laughs> yeah. that's how quickly they come out. Um, so uh, please tell us where we can find you online and on Instagram. Of course. So you can find us online at www.petplate.com. Head to our website. I think we have a 50% off offer for your first box. So definitely check us out. And our socials are just Pet Plate. So you can find us there on Instagram. Now we're on TikTok. So the, the young folks in the company are doing the dances there, not necessarily me. Um, and you know, also on Facebook, we're under Pet Plate. Excellent. Thank you, Ronaldo. Thank you so much that for joining great. us. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, thank you for having thank us. You. All right, bye. Okay. All right. Going back. Megan. Hi. To Megan Coyle. <laughs> so, Megan, we've been talking about, you know, these whiskeys. When you're out there talking to people about whiskey from India, do you get a lot of pushback from people or are people, like, interested? People are interested for the most part because I feel that there's often, as, as was sort of expressed here, a little confusion as to, like, oh, I didn't know 
I didn't know it came from India. I didn't know mm. India was making whiskey. I don't know what that I don't know what that is. Right. So it's really interesting to sort of get to be sort of an ambassador for a whole category of a spirit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, people are have been really excited about it. Well, so I guess my question is, is for restaurants, right? Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, we have amazing Indian restaurants here, so that does make we sense. Do. I mean, clearly, it doesn't matter that it's a whiskey or a gin, for that matter, from India. But do you have problems selling it, you know, at a regular bar or places like that? Or are people more open to, like... Are people hearing about it and getting it, I guess, is my question. Well, I think one of the cool things, if we can say anything cool that has come out of the pandemic, is the fact that people sort of took it upon themselves to to sort of take flavor vacations and educate themselves about things that they were unfamiliar with before. So people have really expanded their breadth of knowledge as to what is available worldwide and then are sort of asking for that to be made available locally to them, mm. which I think is really cool. So... As opposed to having that attitude of, no, I only want whiskey from this one area, people see like a, a breadth of options and want to try the unfamiliar, which is really great for especially like slightly higher end brands that might not have the cachet um, that some scotches or things would have because people are, are willing to be adventurous in ways that they were unwilling previously, which I think is, I don't know. I think it's a long time coming. Why do you and I think hope that is? They, they say, well, I'm going to die anyways. Um, <laughs> well, I think everyone's just starved for new experiences. We've all been staring at each other, the same people, for the past Netflix, two years. right. Exactly. You know, like, like, how much can you watch? You know, I exactly. I stare at Nikki all the time. <laughs> I, mean, I know. It's really and creepy. And that's not creepy <laughs> at all. Yeah, right. It's really <laughs> creepy. Um, well, so just as we wrap up the show, where can people uh, find more information about the distillery and, and find uh, the whiskey? Sure. I mean, it is it is not in a ton of restaurants. They do have it at Punjab Grill downtown, mm-hmm. a few other like kind of finer Indian focused restaurants. Um, a lot of the nicer liquor stores too, like Sherry's, Metro Wine and Liquor, DuPont Circle Liquor, they all have it. Um, you can find them on Instagram at Rampur Single Malt. I think that's the same as there's Facebook. If people still use Facebook, I do. But, I don't. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's the information is out there um, and it is it's even though it's not necessarily at every every corner liquor store, it's definitely worth seeking out, I think, just, again, to give yourself that new experience. Absolutely. And do you do tastings and education? How, we're, how do we're, people, so we're how still straddling that? that straddling that sort of, like, end of pandemic, like, mm-hmm. who's doing what and where, um, and trying to figure out how best. Like, we've been doing, we've been orchestrating some tastings, not necessarily in this area, but we're trying to trying to organize that even as we speak. I'm in contact with somebody. Well, Michael has some food trucks he's not using. Right. Actually, I think it would pair beautifully with your chicken. So we could definitely get together on that. Unfortunately, somebody already has a chicken and whiskey, but it doesn't mean we can't come up with something else. Right, absolutely. (laughs) Okay. All right, well, thank you so much for joining us again today. Thank Um, you. The whiskeys are delicious, and we want to thank everybody out there for joining us here on Foodie and the Beast in our 14th year after our 13-year anniversary most recently. And you haven't aged a bit. It's true. I haven't. Uh, And uh, everything you heard about today, you can find on the list, areyouonit.com, the online e-zine that talks about everything and anything going on in the D.C. metro area and beyond. Thank you, COVID. Uh, So every event that's happening, all the new openings, you name it, it's all on there and promotions. And we have a massive, massive, massive list of everybody who's offering Thanksgiving so if you're looking check it out everything Bart talked about today should be on there and uh, we just launched a new 
lunch roundup. So for a long time, people kept saying there's no place to eat lunch. Guess what? Over 80 places are serving lunch throughout the week. So all that information is on there as well. Uh, follow me at NYCCI, N-E-L-L-I-S, on Instagram and Facebook uh, and Twitter. Uh, and as we say on every show, Please wear a mask if you're asked. It's just not that big of a deal. If you haven't been vaccinated, get the shot. Please do so. Please. And please remember <laughs> there are supply disruption and there is also uh, staff shortages. It is still a thing, it has not abated. So just be kind when you're out there. No one's looking to mess with you. Everybody's trying to do the best they can. So be kind. So thanks so much for joining us today. And everybody, please have a delicious week. <laughs>